This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham and this is The Daily Download. Today, I'll cover Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin's endorsement of Federal Housing Finance Agency Director Mark Calabria's plan to reprivatize Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. I'll also cover a report from the Mortgage Bankers Association that shows mortgage applications fell 4.8% last week, as well as discuss two appraisal and capital liquidity rules finalized by federal regulators yesterday. But before you listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with an article written by Kathleen Howley that covers Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin's endorsement of Federal Housing Finance Agency Director Mark Calabria's plan to reprivatize Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac with the biggest stock offering in history. According to Howley, last year, Mnuchin and Calabria released the Trump administration's so-called blueprint to reprivatize the mortgage giants Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Howley says Calabria has stuck to the plan even during the deadly pandemic, which has killed more than 200,000 Americans and sparked a recession that forced millions of borrowers to seek forbearance plans because they couldn't pay their bills. Howley says the FHFA endorsed an adverse market fee that will aid in the recap and release of the GSEs at a cost of $1,400 per refinance loan with the fee paid by borrowers. Howley notes all of this was done without input from Congress, which took on both companies decades ago in a bid to expand homeownership and has oversight of their activities. Notably, the largest private buyer of Fannie and Freddie mortgage bonds, PIMCO, wrote to the FHFA four weeks ago warning that reprivatizing the two companies without input from Congress would lead to higher mortgage rates which would drive down home ownership. The Financial Stability Oversight, chaired by Mnuchin, voted unanimously last Friday to endorse Calabria's plan to recapitalize and release the GSCs by executive action with the warning that even more capital may be required than the FHFA has called for. Following the vote, Calabria made a statement commending FSOC for their endorsement. However, Howley notes there's just one problem. If former Vice President Joe Biden usurps President Donald Trump in the U.S. presidential election five weeks away, the GSEs likely won't offer their shares to the public anytime soon. Managing partner of Beacon Policy Advisor Stephen Myro told Housing Wire if Biden wins, he'll appoint a new director and then it will be up to Congress to figure out what to do with Fannie and Freddie. Managing director of Cowan Washington Research Group Jarrett Seiberg also told Housing 
housing wire, the first order of business for a new Biden administration would be battling the pandemic, and when that's handled, it's unlikely to pursue a recap and release plan for Fannie and Freddie. Cyberg said, the question becomes whether those inside the administration who want to move beyond the status quo will have enough influence to disrupt a system that is effectively delivering low-cost mortgages to consumers. Our next story comes from Alex Roja and covers a report from the Mortgage Bankers Association that shows mortgage applications fell 4.8%. MBA Associate Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting Joel Kahn said the refinance index also experienced a 7% decline driven by a 9% drop in conventional refinance applications. Roja says, however, refinances remained at 52% higher than the same week one year ago and the refinance share of mortgage activity also faltered slightly, dropping to 63.3% of total applications from 64.3% the week prior. According to Khan, the decline in refinances may have been impacted by refinance rates that are not decreasing to the same extent as rates for home purchase loans. Rojas says, on an unadjusted basis, purchase applications fell 2% compared with the previous week and were 22% higher than the same week one year ago, marking the 19th straight week of year-over-year gains. According to Khan, in the midst of the negative activity, mortgage rates decreased last week with the 30-year fixed rate mortgage declining 5 basis points to 3.05%, the lowest in the MBA survey. The adjustable rate mortgage share of activity remained unchanged at 2.2% total of applications. Our last story comes from Julia Falcon and covers the finalization of two appraisal and capital liquidity rules initiated in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Falcon, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency finalized the rules, which includes a rule that temporarily defers appraisal and evaluation requirements for up to 120 days after the closing of certain residential and commercial real estate transactions. This rule, which expires on December 31st of this year, was first announced in April and only applies to loans kept in a bank's portfolio. The rule, which originally alarmed appraisers, allows individuals and businesses to quickly access real estate equity to help address needs for liquidity as a result of COVID-19. Falcon says the second rule is one that neutralizes the regulatory capital and liquidity effects for banks that participate in certain Federal Reserve liquidity facilities due to the lack of credit and market risk. According to the organizations, the final rule, which has an effective date of 60 days after the date of publication in the Federal Register, neutralizes the regulatory capital and liquidity coverage ratio effects of participating in the Money Market Mutual Fund Liquidity Facility and Paycheck Protection Program Liquidity Facility, as there is no credit or market risk in association with exposures pledged to these facilities. Notably, the organization claim the rule will support the flow of credit to households and businesses affected by the coronavirus. That's a wrap for today's episode of The Daily Download. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and join us again tomorrow.